0: Amen. Praise God. Wasn't that beautiful? Wasn't that wonderful? Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord and praise His magnificent, holy, omniscient, omnipotent name? Amen. He's so good today. So good to see you. I'm so happy that y'all are able to be here today. And when each week we're seeing more and more people show up to church and more and more people are, are bringing people with them. And we're excited about that. <clears throat> and uh, we're just excited that you're here today. You are a big deal to us and a bigger Deal to God. And um, I know they already mentioned it, but please continue to pray for, for Kevin and Jeff Edwards um, and their dad, Johnny, that, uh, that God will bless them. Please, if you, if you can't attend, on, if you can't attend the, the funeral or the visitation, please send Kevin or, or, or Jeff a text and let them know how much we care about them. I love them. It will be at Brookfield. If you have any questions about the food, please, like I said, see Regina or Miss Debbie Neal right here. Also, we want to pray for Miss Leona. She's been going through a hard time battling some, some cancer and some things like that, and, and the enemy is, is a liar, and, and uh, she's strong. She's trusting God. She's like, I'm not concerned. God's going to heal me. You know, she said, if, if he don't heal me, I'm about 80 years old. I can't stay around here forever. You know, <laughs> I just love her. I was like, wow, you're amazing. Uh, so, so, she, she is so she is so awesome like that, and um, so we're just praising, praying God for her, and also um, Ms. Linda Garrado put a uh, prayer request on Facebook a little while ago and said that she's trying to get her sugar under, under um, control, so let's be praying for her as well that God will bless her and help her during this time, um, and then, uh, so let's just go ahead and pray about that real fast, and then we'll get, then we'll get right into the, to the message for today. God, we just pray for you. Pray right now in the name of Jesus, God, that you just bless and that you touch and that you minister right now. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you touch these individuals. God, touch, touch Jeff, God, Lord Jesus, and touch Kevin, Father, Lord, and, and Johnny, Father, and their, and their families, God. Lord, as they're going through this hard time, losing their mother unexpectedly. And God, we just ask right now that you, that you bring comfort and peace to them and, 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 and let them, God, put their total trust in you and lean not to their own understanding. God, also we pray, God, today for Miss Leona. God, we pray for also, we pray for Miss um, uh, Linda Grotto. God, and we pray, we pray for also for, for Carl Waters. God, he's going to have a procedure on Tuesday, and we lift him up to you as well. God, there's so much stuff going on, God, and we just pray for healing, for, for, for blessing, God, and that, you, that Jehovah Raphael, our healer, would just minister and flood this place and heal, God, everyone that, that, that is sick, God. And we praise you and thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Um, also, like I said, uh, like or was mentioned a little earlier, Miss Glendora from Creekwood called and said that they're having a, a little trunk or treat on, on October thirty first, and they want us to help them with maybe with some candy if we can. So if you can bring candy sometime this week during the week or or at least by next Sunday, we, man, we want to get them kids a lot, a lot of candy so they can they, they can have a good time. And I need a couple people if they want to help, maybe take a couple characters out there, maybe one or two characters and walk around and play with the kids. It'd be great. We want to we gonna do everything we can to help them. They're a wonderful group of people out there and I love them. Um, so, but I want to talk to you today, you know, we've been doing the Chosen series, and we've been watching the Chosen every Friday night, and then what we do is on Sundays, I kind of pick, pick one of the subjects they talked about, and, and I discuss it, and we, it's kind of like story time, and I bring out some points to you and talk to you about it, it's really been really fun, um, seems like a lot of people got a lot of feedback, that they're enjoying this, and, and uh, it's just, and this, this coming up, Friday night is the last, last night, it's the last Two episodes, and if you hadn't come yet, you still can come watch it. You, you know, um, it's talking about the the word of God there in the middle. Um, and so, I think you'll enjoy it. Next week, I'm probably be talking about the woman at the well, so that's going to be a great a great message as well. So, I want you to come and be a part because um, it'll really bless you. It's fun, it's and, and it's just encouraging, and it makes you think outside of the box of of what could happen in some areas. But today, I want to talk to you about the word of God in, in Mark chapter two. Um, verses uh, 1 through 12. If you will turn there in your your Bible, you can click there on your phone or you can look there on the screen. Amen. Let me read this to you. It's a little length, but give me just a second. So this, this whole scripture right here preaches itself, actually. It says, When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was, was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no, room, no more room, even outside the door. Um, while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They, could, they couldn't bring him um, to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole in the roof above his head, and they lowered him down on the mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, "My child, your sins are forgiven." But some of the teachers of the religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, "Why is He saying this? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins." Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, and he so asked them, "Why do you question this in your hearts? It is easier Is it easier for a man to stay paralyzed? I'm sorry. Is it easier to say to this paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed um, his mat, and walked out through uh, through the stunned onlookers. They were amazed and praised God, exclaiming. They were amazed and praised God, exclaiming. They were amazed and praised God, exclaiming that we will ne- we have never seen anything like this before. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this right here and give you a good little nugget right here at the very beginning. I love that little, that they were amazed and praised. They all am- were amazed and praised God because there were a bunch of haters there, weren't they? There were a bunch of people there that were doubters and stuff. And how wonderful is it that, that whenever Christ came and Christ did this, this, this example and he, he did his healing and saved this guy from sins, that it says, and they all prayed. Even those people that wouldn't believe him was like, wow, this is awesome. You know, they saw what, God, what Jesus did, and they felt his presence. And they knew he was doing something miraculous, and they all began to praise God. And we need to make sure that we all praise God as well for all the wonderful things he's done for us. Jesus Christ is from the, the town of Capernaum in the first century Capernaum that, matter of fact I read the other day somewhere that it said that Capernaum really didn't really exist until just a, just until a couple hundred years before, before Christ was born and so um, I'm still researching the validity of that but, but that was kind of interesting to me because you don't find the, the name Capernaum in the Old Testament it's only in the New Testament but that's where Jesus was born he kind of took that as his hometown um, it says that, that they, were, he, you know, they had no modern devices they didn't have any, any kind of research going on. So when you had a man that was paralyzed um, on a mat, he didn't have like these nice wheelchairs. He didn't have a bunch of nice uh, braces and stuff like that. There was, there, was no med- there was no really big chance for medical breakthrough, kind of like the, 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 the COVID vi- vaccine. They couldn't have, if they had a COVID then, just everybody would have died because they couldn't have got it, came, got it all together in time and, and try to fix it because they just didn't have the, the knowledge and the capabilities to do that. You know, and this, this, this paralyzed person, in most cases, they shun, you know, they, they obviously shun those who had leprosy, you know, because of, they could catch it. But they also, they also shun people that were paralyzed. Because they, if, you were, if you were paralyzed or crippled, the, the thought was, it was not true, but the thought necessarily was that, that maybe you had sin in your life and God's punishing you. You know, and maybe they were paralyzed and crippled because maybe your parents had sin in their life. And so people shunned them. You know You know what? I hopefully, and I'm, I don't think so, and I don't, but I know there are churches across the church in general. How many times have you ever seen people in church or people outside of church that say they're Christians that shun people because they saw them and thought they had sin in their life and they, they did them, treated them differently? Oh, got mighty quiet, didn't it? Because, because what happens is people, people are still shunning people because of their sin when we need to come to them and tell them that there is a hope and that you can be, forgive, you can be forgiven of that and healed from your diseases. But most people were even like, like, like uh, they were homeless beggars almost because they were paralyzed unless you had somebody or you paid somebody or begged somebody to move you, they couldn't go nowhere. They can't just stand on a street corner over here and, and, and stand at a red light and say, Hey, I need, I need money. They're paralyzed, and unless they have family that can move them, they, they're not moved. But what I love about this, this story is this paralyzed man, he has some friends. And he doesn't have friends. He had good friends. He had real good friends. They weren't ordinary friends. They were, they were friends that will stick, stick with you no matter what. They were friends that, that would never stop believing in you and will, never, and will help you never stop believing in yourself. And they would always go the second mile for you. They would go the extra mile for you. You know, I did a message, uh, I don't know, a while back, and I talked about the four types of friends. And I feel like this might be a good time to put this in there because, because um, these are some of the friends that we have. The first type of friend that you have is your constituents. And that type of friend is there. They're there for what, you're for what you are for. They are for you because of what you are for. If you are for, for, for pro-life and you're, you're pro-life, and then, then they're for you. But if you're against pro-life, they, then they're not for you no more. They only want to be with people who are pro-life. Or if you're a Democrat, they're with you because you're a Democrat, and, and if, you, if you're Republican, then they're not, they're not for you. If you, if you are, are for the Dallas Cowboys, what's up, what's up? If you're for the for Dallas Cowboys, they're for you. But if you're not for the Dallas Cowboys, they're not for you. They're only there for what you are for. Does that make sense? Whatever you are, okay? So that's the constituents. And then you have the, the comrades. Now, they are only there for what you're against, the opposite. I don't need to go through that whole process again. But whatever you're against, that's what they're against. And if you flip and now you're for it, then they're not your friend no more. They're gone. Because they're only there because you're, you're against something. You know, a lot of times when we, have, when we have whatever going on and people are against something, then people are that. But once you flip and say, well, you know what? I see the light or I don't agree or I, I, I feel differently now. Now all of a sudden they change. So, so you have constituents, comrades, and then you have carousel friends. That's obvious what that is. Those are those friends, you know, that come and go. They're there, and then they're gone. And then all of a sudden, time passes, and all of a sudden, they just pop up in your life again, like everything's fine, nothing's changed. And you're like, who are you, and where have you been, you know? But then you have the confidants. The confidants. These are thick and thin lifer friends, these friends are here through no matter what, they are there for you. These are your life of friends. These are the people that you have for life. That they can go away and move to Oklahoma somewhere and come back 10 years later and you sit down and have a conversation like they never left. That kind of friend. That you, you constantly contact and you constantly call. And if you need something, you know who to call. If you need somebody to have your back, you know who to call. That's the confidence. Now the cool thing now, let me back up. I know some of y'all are really concerned, and I just open up your eyes to some of your friends, and y'all are like, they're, they're just constituents. They're not even my friend, right? Or they're just a comrade. They're not, you really, you're, that's the only reason you're in my life? Okay, you need those people. You need those people. They're, they're like scaffolding. When you're against something, you need them to be with you. If you're for something, if you don't have anybody, you're by yourself, and you're no good. So you need these types of friends in your life. We all have them. You, 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 last time I, when I preached that message, I had people calling me up and saying, I just sat down and went through my friends list and, and, and <laughs> decided who each one of them was. I was like, well, that wasn't my point. My point was to let you know that there's different types and because we get so upset when, when people leave us. And we've got to understand that, hey, man, people are in our lives for a season sometimes. They're, they're, they're there because of a cause, right? And so, But, but, but this paralyzed man, he had four confidants all four of them were, man, I'm all in with you, man. I love you so much. We're going to get you healed, man. We're going to get you to Jesus. And they knew that Jesus was in town, and they had heard about his preaching and the the healing tour. Maybe you would say he was on. He was going around healing people and and casting out demons and stuff, and and maybe they had seen him somewhere, or maybe they were walking by and saw him. Maybe heal heal the leper or cast out demons out of someone, or, or maybe heal people in the crowd, and they saw that, and if they didn't, they probably at least one person in that, in that foursome, if not all of them, probably saw Jesus do it, and said, I've seen it, I know he can do it, and I know he can do it for you, if we just can get you there, if we just can get you there, you know, if we can just get you to Jesus, I know that he can take care of you, you know, and, and I don't know what happened, Jesus was in his house, and, and, and a lot of theologians or or, or, or people who, who or really study the Word of God really feel like, in co- different commentaries, feel like that it was a Peter's house is where they were at. Very possible. You know, and so I don't know what happened, but the house filled up when Jesus was talking. He was teaching a lesson, and people started coming from everywhere. Everybody must have followed his Instagram or his Facebook or his TikTok. They were following They Somehow they got to the house. You know, obviously they didn't have social media there, but they had... Word of mouth, the, the Spirit of God drew them, you know, however they got there was fine. But they were all sitting there, and they were all getting there, and they, they brought this, this man up on, you know, on the, they grabbed him on the four corners, taking him, trying to get him to Jesus, and it was so packed, it was backed up into the, into the road, and they couldn't get in. Nobody was budging. You ever been at a concert, and you were trying to get back to your space, and you tap somebody and looking at you like, I ain't going nowhere, you know? It was kind of like that. They, they, were, they wanted to get to Jesus, and we they got a sick man. They didn't care. They, they were there to hear Jesus themselves, and they wanted to be there, and there were all kinds of people there. That's what I love about Jesus, and, and it sh- our churches should be the same way. The Word of God says that notorious sinners came to hear him speak. Notorious. That's the worst of the worst of the worst. And even though they may not have came and got saved, they were interested in it. And they came to listen. Now, the Pharisees, they were coming to try to trick him and to judge him and to catch him in a lie. But the notorious sinners were like, something's about this, man. And a lot of them got saved, but some of them didn't. But the the point is, is we should have notorious sinners sitting in the house of God today. Because they need Jesus. Nobody was budging. Jesus, Jesus was a ticket in town. That's why he, he, he was new. He just came into town, man, and he's taking it by storm. Everybody wanted to get a front seat. But at this moment, these friends could have easily looked at their friend very easily and said, Hey, man, man, we, man, we, we got you here. We brought you. We know if we get, get, get you to him that he, he'll heal you. <clears throat> but, man, just not, but there's no way. There's just no way. You know what? And that would have been okay, right? Because you tried. I mean, that would have been a really super good friend. There's nothing wrong with that if they would have said that. Because you know, even though they were disappointed, <clears throat> the, paralyzed, the paralyzed man, he wasn't disappointed because he expected it. I've been paralyzed all my life, and I, you know, I figured this was a shot in the dark. I was, I was hoping that when something would happen, but it, it's, maybe it's not. I don't know. So he was okay probably if, if they would have done that. They could have said, you know, maybe we'll come back tomorrow. You know, hey, that's okay, that's okay. But these guys knew that today was a day that, they, that he was going to get saved. And they were not going to give up. They wanted their friend to meet Jesus. And they had to do whatever they could to help their friend meet Jesus today. And they were not going to give up until they did. They were those confidant people. And they saw another door. <clears throat> they were sitting there. They were brainstorming. They were thinking. They were praying. They were trying to figure out, man, what can we do? And they saw another door that nobody else saw. And it was a door of opportunity. And they, they saw the, the, the stairs on the side of of the, the house and they were thinking, you know what? Maybe we can maybe there's a maybe there's a door up there. Maybe we can get up there and, and do something. Because see up on top of the roof, what would they would do was they would have all kind of like wood and, and branches and leaves and mud and and all this stuff and tiles. And it would get, it, they'd put it on there and put the mud on the tiles. And it would get real hard, super hard. Even to the place where they would go up on at nighttime, they would go up on top of their roof and sit and have conversations and stuff. So it wasn't like that. You, the, the huts that you, a lot of times you see on television, like Gilligan's Island's hut, where you could just fall right through. Okay? It's, not that kind of, it's not that kind of thing. But, okay, but, but so, so they were looking for him. And they, they, were, they were bound, determined to take him to Jesus. Is there anybody in your life right now that doesn't know Jesus? That, that, you, that, you, that you are like that, that you're doing everything you can to get them to Christ? Or whenever there's a door, a, a door seems closed, or the opportunity doesn't rise, we give up and say, well, I tried. When we have people in our life that are sick or afflicted, or, or especially they don't know Christ, man, we just can't just, just t- try one time. We got to keep coming to Christ. We got to keep doing what we could do to get to them, and we'll get there more later. But, it's, but, but what happened was they were not going to give up so easily. They wanted to get to Jesus. So I want to ask you, based on that, that, that question right there, was, is what's stopping you from trying to get your friends to Jesus? Is it your opinions of others, of what they'll think about you if you really try, or that friend? How about fear or doubt? Or maybe your own disbelief in yourself, that, that you're not somebody who really can take and do that and, and take, take someone to Christ. And you you, you kind of like there's been situations that you you've invited them in church but they hadn't come so you just quit asking them. You know they need Jesus and they're on the way to hell and you, you offered to tell them about Christ but they didn't want to hear it so you just stopped. What is it? What door is blocking your way? What what is it? What 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 is it that's stopping you from, from breaking through and trying to trying to get to Jesus for your friend? You know what what door is blocking um, uh, you yourself from trying? To get to Christ? What is, it, what is it in your life that maybe let's, you know, I'm going to try to flip around from, from the different um, perspectives. So, from the perspective of, of, of your friend, why have you stopped? I got a video that I used to show when I was a youth pastor. You know, and it was this girl, and, and she, she, was, she was all tattered up and had earrings and had black hair and wore all black clothes, and kind of back in the day, they called them goth, and, and, and a, lot, a lot of kids kind of were concerned about them and kind of scared about them, like they're crazy, and they're these bad kids, and they're really, they're really good kids. They're just full of hurt and pain. I've dealt with them individually, and they're some of the nicest kids you'll ever meet. But this girl on this video, she was dressed like that, and she looked into the video, into the, to the sanctuary where you were at, and she would say, and I'll show it sometime. It's a beautiful video. She says, what are you waiting for? She said, I need Jesus. And you say you have, and he's so good. Why aren't you telling me, telling me about it? She goes, I want him. Why are you scared of me? Why won't you talk to me? You know? And, and, and it's just it's so powerful when you watch that video because she's just like, she's like, man, I, I need what you have, and you're not even offering it. And I'm not going to come get it because if it's so good, you come to me with it. You know? So, so what's stopping you from, from, from talking to your friends and breaking through that, that wall to get to them? And helping them receive Christ when you know they're going to hell. And because they may get upset at you. I'm, now listen, I'm not saying being a bully. I'm not saying being a bulldozer and being a Jesus freak where they, they don't ever want to talk to you again. There's different ways to come. Because if you can't go through the front door, what I'm saying is you need to go find another door. Another way to get in. Okay, the, 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 the only door is not standing up on top of a table and says, turn to burn. That's not the only door. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about shoving it down somebody's throat. I'm saying there's other avenues. We'll talk about that in a little bit as well. So let me ask you this right here. So we talked about, I've asked you from your perspective, what's stopping you from getting your friends to Christ and bringing them to church, bringing them to Jesus, and what's stopping you from getting to Christ yourself for your own issues and your own shortcomings and your own sins and your own fear? What doors are stopping you? And then the third thing I want to ask today is what is stopping what, what doors are the what doors are blocking the church from people coming in? Is it gossip? Is it judgment? Is it a religious mindset? Is it lack of love? Is it racism? Is it maybe is maybe that someone else will talk to them? The doors should never be sh- shut or blocked in our church. it should never be. They should always be open to whosoever will. Not if you look this way or that way or if you have this lifestyle or that life. No, no, none of that garbage matters. Whosoever will. You love life and relationship. That's That's what our mission is. Love life and relationship. We love them. We do life with them. We build relationships with them. Then we talk to them as God leads us. We don't have a right to judge someone when they walk through that door. Our right is to love them. That's the only right we have. And then God, because God is a judge, we're not. Pastor, are you telling me to accept? Absolutely, yes. I'm not saying you accept their lifestyle or their sin, but you accept them and their soul. And we're going to love them. And we're going to rip down those doors. And we're going to inspire love, life, and relationship. But, let's go back to the story. But these stubborn friends were thick-headed, and they were not going to give up. And they were going to go all the way. John 15 and 13, these are the type of friends that they were. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for a friend. That's the kind of friend they were. And you notice, they all worked together. All four of them worked together to do this. There wasn't no bosses. They were all working together, you know, and, and that's, that, that's servanthood. That's unity. What does the Word of God to say about that in Psalms 130, with 3 and 1? Behold how good and pleasant it is when friends work and get together in unity. It's something special. This Man, this, one could put a thousand to flight. Two could put ten thousand to flight. With two or three agreeing agree and gathering His name, there's nothing that you can't do. And we got to get together, and we got to Be unified, and we got to work together for a cause. We need to work together to help. But they surveyed this. They surveyed the situation. They compared notes. They brainstormed. They thought, "Man, how? Why can't man? We just got to get in there." In other words, they weren't not going. The way I look at this story is, they weren't not going to get to him. There was nothing that was going to stop them. They were going to get to Jesus no was not an answer okay and so they said with well, the stairs on the side let's go let's go up there so what ha- happened was they couldn't get up on the bottom floor some people were just stood there and figured out what can we do down here but they said you know what what if we get higher see sometimes you can't get through the door you're trying to walk through because God's trying to call you to a higher elevation a higher calling He's trying to get you up here. He's like, you need a different point of view. He said, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus couldn't see down here. So for him to see Jesus, he had to get up into the tree so he could see. And he had to be in that position because that is where God was going to call him from, not from the ground level. Right. So we got we to realize, sometimes we got to change levels. We got to go up higher in, in, our, in, our, in the spirit realm to find out where, where and get things done. So they they, they 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 went up there and they're left at the top of the roof. They're like, okay, here we're up here. We're closer than we've been yet. So we got We gotta we gotta figure out how to dig a hole through this this roof. I don't know. They're jumping on Google how to dig a hole through a roof. And, and by, in Jesus days, I don't know. They 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 had to try to figure it. They were trying to figure it out. They don't know what to do. But but they they had to dig through the dirt, the branches, the tiles, and look. And you know what? For them to do what they were doing, they had to get their hands dirty. So we don't want to get our hands dirty today. We don't want to go to places that we've got to talk and do things and, and get our hands dirty to help people. You know, and I'm not talking just about dirt either. But we don't get our hands dirty. We keep them clean, sanitized. But God's saying, no, man, if, if you're gonna do if you're gonna do a work for me, you gotta get into the field. We gotta get into the community. We gotta love people. We gotta we gotta get out there with them and do it. You can socially distance and still do it. You know? You, because you can be physically distanced, but not socially distanced. Does that make sense? I think they're using the wrong word. They need to say, instead of socially distanced, they need to say physical distance of six feet. Because you can find ways to social, social connect. But when Jesus, when Jesus... But when we go to Jesus, just like them guys did, on that, they had all that dirt, that, 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 uh, those branches, those leaves, those tiles, that mud that was hardened... When we come to Jesus, we got to get past, if, we, if we're going to come to Jesus, we've got to get past the dirt of our sin, the clay of our shame, and the branches of our past. And we've got to get past all that so there's an open path for us to get to Jesus. It took time, it took effort. It, they just didn't, like, kick it, and it just fell open because people walked on that daily. It took some time, and I'm sure Jesus was sitting there preaching, and, y'all hear that? what in the world's going on? You know, you know when, you hear, when you're laying in bed in the morning and for some reason, at, right at the time you wake up, that's when the squirrels want to run across your, your roof. You know, you hear them running, you're like, what was that? You know, you what's know some squirrels. But, so, but they heard that, and they were like, what in the world is that? I'm sure. But they kept digging, kept digging. And then as, as Jesus was like, well, and then he started preaching again, and then probably some dust and some dirt and some, some tiles and some sort of falling down. And man, I'm sure they were all of a sudden, all of a sudden stopped and amazed at what was going on. But Jesus didn't reprimand them. You would think Jesus would have said, Who do thou think thou is? No. He rewarded them with a miracle. But the real action happens in the room when they lowered him down. Most likely they had like four ropes and lowered him down or, or one rope around the bottom, one rope on top, and somehow all four were involved in it. But they lowered him down, and when they lowered him down, Jesus looked at him and said, your sins are forgiven. Wait. His friends brought him all that way and did all that stuff for him to get healed. And you want to look at him and say, hey, your sins are forgiven? Man, he's still paralyzed. See, the thing is, 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 is we need to let, we need, when we come to God, Jesus, we can come with, oh, praise God. We can come to God with whatever we want. We can ask God whatever we want, but we need to submit to whatever God thinks we need. Come on, that's a word right there. Man, we can come to God. We can say, God, I need this. I need this. I need this. But, but when God says, you know what? But I know what you need. Here's what you need. I'll do that too, but here's what you need. Jesus gives us something else and we need. We need to do that. You know, why do we need to do that? Because in Matthew 6 and 8, it says, your father knows exactly what you need before you even ask him. So he's been waiting on you to ask, because he knows you need that, but he also knows something that you don't know that you need. Everyone was thinking, you know, in in the room, they were like, who is this man who forgives sins like this? And I love it. Jesus is just messing with them, you know. He's messing with them. He reads their minds. It says, I know what you're thinking. And he tells them exactly what they're thinking in their mind. And it messes them all up. He's like, you, you know, he, and he, they're saying, who is this man? Who do you think you are? Only God can forgive sins." He's trying to show them, listen, you know, I'm part of the Trinity, man. I am part of God. I can't. I have the right to forgive sins. And then after he, he forgives our sins, then he heals him. I'm about done. But you see, everybody's running around looking for, for miracles. We all want Miracles. We all want this stuff. But the most important miracle that can ever take place in anybody's life, I, I do tests on Facebook. And I, well, I don't do tests. I pay attention to Facebook when I do this. I can say, do you like oranges or bananas? And I'll get a 1,000 people that will comment on it. I'll say, somebody got saved at church Sunday, and I'll have t- three or four likes. How detrimental is that? That we get excited over apples and oranges rather than a soul that's going to go to heaven. Yeah, next time I do that, I know y'all all y'all going to click on it. I know all y'all going to like it now. No, I ain't going to do it. I'm going to like it now. But it's true. I, mean, I have all these posts, and I get my most, my, the greatest comments I have on my posts are never the one where I say, we had five people get saved today, or we had whatever. It's always the random ones that whatever. But, man, we should rejoice. We as Christians should rejoice that another soul is in heaven. Last week we had someone get saved. And, and, man, we need to rejoice about that, that someone is going to heaven now that was on their way to hell. That's more important than anything else in life. There's nothing that trumps that. That's the greatest miracle. And then he said, now, take up your mat and walk. Now, he could have said, okay, leave your little nasty mat there and you get up and walk on out. He didn't. Why? Well, because what he said was, what was holding you, I want you to hold now. And I want you to walk out through them doors as showing everybody as a testimony, this is what I was laying in, and now look at me. That's his testimony. Look, I'm walking now. I'm holding what was holding me, and now I'm in control. It didn't carry me. I'm carrying it now. Praise God and they're sitting there and they, they walked through the. They walk, and, and so they, they, they walked and, and Jesus had them walk through the front door or out, out the front door and I'm going to get to that sometimes when I get off my notes I got to know where I'm at <laughs> so what happened was when he, when he got up he took, his, he, took his, he took his mat and he walked out with it he walked right through the very door that they wouldn't let him in They wouldn't let him in that door, and now they're separating for him to walk all by himself through that door. Sometimes God wants you to go a different way through the same door. You think you've got to go this way, and God's like, no, 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 no. I've got to get you over here because I want you to come through this way. See, and and, and the thing is is that, that he walked right past all his haters, all his doubters, everybody. They all moved out of the way for him to walk by and walk right on through showing what God had done for them. See, and there's another door. There's even another door that nobody saw. Matter of fact, nobody saw it that day. John chapter 10 verse 9 in the King James Version. It was Jesus. He said, "I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and he will go in and in and out and find pasture." He's the door. They weren't even looking for him as a door. They were looking for him as a healer. But he is the door. He say, he literally says, "I am the door." And we got, we looking for, we're looking everywhere else. God, open a door. Oh God, I need you to open a door. I'm the door. Open the door, God. I need you to. I need a door open. Open you, open a door and shut it. I'm the door. Come. To, but we're going everywhere else instead of coming to Jesus. We're, going, we're knocking on all these other doors. And he's like, I'm the door. You'll find everything in and out of me. Praise God. Ooh, y'all ain't, y'all ain't worshiping much as I'm feeling it. That's okay. Maybe it's for me. But, but, but when you, oh, they, oh I, bet, I bet Jay Dale's on, on he's, he, he's, he's going to go out of town, but he's watching. I bet he's up here going crazy right now. That's my partner. So, but anyway, but I want you to listen. When you need a job, Jesus is the door. When you need a spouse, Jesus is the door. When you need healing, Jesus is the door. When you need victory, Jesus is the door. When you need a miracle, Jesus is the door. When you need an answer, Jesus is the door. Whatever you need, Jesus is the door. Because whatever you need, God is. I know that some of y'all think the door is the bad brown closet in the Narnia movie. But that's not the door. Wardrobe, a wardrobe, whatever it is. But that's not the door to the, to the secret place. Jesus Christ is the door. So, what has paralyzed you during this pandemic, and caused you to be inactive, and not to be a part? Is it fear, anxiety, depression, slothfulness, hate, division? lack of desire to serve? What has caused you to be paralyzed during this this pandemic that you're you're not doing the things that you used to do? Romans eight and six says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Yes, we have to be concerned about this coronavirus. It kills people, but the thing is, so does hell. So does the dead. He's killing people. He's, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he's trying to kill our minds. The mental health is, is at rampant right now. We need to be careful. We need to be safe. We need to wear a mask when we come in and come out. You know, but the thing is, is that when we go places, but we got to understand, man, that the anxiety and fear and depression and stress right now is killing people. People are acting crazy because of, of, of all the stress and stuff that's going on. And we need to Pray about that and we need to help get people to Christ and get them healed and, and hope. And if not, it will lead our it will lead our mind to death. You know, you've heard me say it before, an, an idle mind is a devil's playground. Don't let them live in your mind rent-free. He wants you just, just to live there. He wants to, he and because whenever you're idle, you're not thinking about you're not busy in your mind, you're not thinking about Christ or whatever, you're just sitting there, when does the devil mess with you most? When you're just sitting around thinking about nothing, and then all of a sudden, he captivates all your attention, and then that's all you can think about. Our faith is super important in our healing and wholeness for us and for others. It says, when he saw their faith, wow! So you're saying that whenever I get healed It's not just my faith. Yeah, a lot of times he says your faith has made you whole in a lot of cases. But in this case, he said when he saw their faith. That's why when I pray for people here in the altar for, for healing or whatever, sometimes I say, hey, if I can have some faith-filled people come up around me. Because I want to increase the faith magnitude down here at the altar. I want to I increase the faith in the room. Why do you think why do you think whenever, you not you have never dealt with this before but, but, but if, if you've ever seen the, a, a demon cast out of somebody they'll always tell people, if you don't believe, you need to get out of the room because it's all about faith sometimes we can have faith for others but not ourselves, and that's why Kingdom Impact is your friend and that's why we have a prayer team and if, you, and if you are not on the prayer team and you want to be on the prayer team not to be nosy but if you want to pray, you don't want to just not, I'm not saying I want you on there just to find out what's going on. Some people just want to get on, I don't, just, I, don't want to be, I want to be in a loop. But no, that's not what it's for. This is to pray. And if you want to be on that team, Jay, Jay and Sherry O'Dell are heading that up. They're, they're, out, they're out of town today. But if you can come to me, I can get you on that list. And God can help you. And you can pray and have faith for those that are sick and need to come to Christ. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, and it's impossible to please God without faith. We got to have faith. First um, Timothy, one and nineteen. I love the scripture. Paul was—I mean, um, Paul was talking to Timothy, and I—I I don't know. I just—I don't—I hadn't paid a lot of t- attention to the scripture until, until here this week, but, it, but it, it just really, it really was incredible. It says, "Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear, for some people have deliberately deliberately violated their consciousness. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked." Wow. We let our mind go, and we let the enemy come over and take over our mind and destroy our mind and our thoughts, and then our faith is shipwrecked, and we try to use faith, and, and, and all we're doing is sinking. Because we've allowed our mind and our consciousness, consciousness to be seared and to be shipwrecked. We've got to keep our conscience clear before God. We've got to repent and say, God, when we sin, God, forgive me for my sins. I'll repent, God. Keep me clean. Keep me whole. So today, maybe you have a friend that maybe this this message today is for you about your friends that you're trying to reach to get to come to Christ, to come to church, to 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 receive Christ as a Lord and Savior. Maybe this is about you, and you're the friend that needs some people around you, and you have doors blocking you. And maybe it's about us as a church that, that we make sure that we always have the doors open. But whatever it is today, you gotta have faith. And we're going to pray and, and and ask God right now for souls, first off, and for healings in our in our communities. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes right now. And if you if you are um, not a Christian and you don't know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, and you will say, Pastor Doug, I I want that. I want to be saved. I want Christ to come into my heart. I want him to come into my life. I want him to forgive me for my sins. I want this new start. I want him to be whole. I want him to be clean. I want him to forgive me of my past. I want to give up and and let go and let God I want I want to be different I want to try this maybe I've tried it in the past but I really wasn't serious about it or maybe I never tried it and I just never really knew much about it but now I'm here today and I want to try I, I walked in these doors not even thinking about it but you know what I want to try Jesus maybe you're online and you're like I want to try Jesus why because he's the door he is the door if you're not a Christian today and you want to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior would you just lift your hand up and say that's me. I want to receive Christ. I want to receive Christ. I want Christ to come into my life. Would you just raise your hand real quick, please? I don't want to embarrass you. If you're online, on you can you can message us on Facebook, Messenger. Or you can you can contact me on Facebook or wherever. Anybody at all? Before we go forward, you want to receive Christ, your Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. So the other two things I want to ask you is how many would say, hey, Pastor Doug, I, I, I'm looking for a door. There's some things in my life, and I need a door to open for me. Help me focus on Jesus and know that he's a door and walk through that door and not the doors that I've been trying to look for myself. Is that you? Amen. Amen. You say, hey, this, this message is for me. I need a door. I, I, I need a door. This is a, I need some friends. I need some people bus- beside me and around me. Amen. 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 And he would say, Pastor Doug, I, I've kind of lacked a little bit as a friend, as a spiritual friend, and I have friends that I know that are going to hell, and I hadn't fought hard enough for them, and I want to do my best to help them come to Christ. And help me find a door, an avenue that I can help to reach them to come to Christ. That I can help and invite them to church. If that's you, you would say, hey, I've I, I slacked a little bit my, to my, as a spiritual friend, and I'll help me to pray that that God would help me be a better spiritual friend to reach. Amen, 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 amen. My hand's up. Amen. Amen. I think everybody's hands should have went up. Because if not, this whole church should be full. Heavenly Father, we just thank you right now and ask for your blessings. God, we thank you for this wonderful story here, God, that you you talked to us about, God, and the ability to talk about it and share about it and learn from it, God. Lord, you are the door, Jesus, and thank you. Help us to walk through you. And help us to kick down any any gate of hell that's trying to hold us back from reaching the lost, God, at any cost. Because the gates of hell shall not prevail, God. We can walk up through the gates of hell, and we can kick them down, Father. And we can go in and rescue the souls. Help us. God, give us avenues, God. If we tried face-to-face, God, help us to try by text. Help us to try, God, sending them a song maybe that they need to hear from, from you too, Father. Help us, God, Lord Jesus, to take them out to eat, God. Maybe, maybe God, help us to just, maybe just to share our testimony with them at some time in pieces. God, help us, God, Father, to, to maybe bring another friend that might could talk to them maybe, about their situation, God, or what they've been through, God. Lord, uh, help us figure out different doors and ways and avenues, God. Lord, maybe help us maybe just tell them a scripture verse that we just want them to read. God, maybe it's just it's just... Doing nothing but continue to love them unconditionally. And God, help us to win the loss, God. Help us to have souls. Help us to invite people, Father, to, to come to know you. And God, help us as individuals, God, those hands that were raised, God, that, that, that we, they get, they're in situations right now and they, they need a miracle. They need a door in their life. Help them today, Father, to receive from you, God, that door. And help them walk in and out as you please. And God, most of all, God, help us all today. We are all today going to come to you with with our petitions. And God, if you meet those petitions, your will be done. But most of all, Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, that, that that you will give us what we need. Because you know our needs. Before we even ask, think, or pray. And sometimes we don't even know what we need, God, but you do. So we come to you today saying, God... What do I need? What do I need? Whatever it is, I'm willing to, to receive it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Be blessed by our praise to you, dear Lord. You are worthy. You are holy. And we thank you for the opportunity to join together in unity in one mind and one accord. And serving you together, God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you to all our guests that came today. We're honored to have you. Um, Please don't forget.